Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? What's up, nerds? Welcome to another episode of the Multiverse Report. We are, as always, recapping the week's nerdy news from Viltrum to a bunch of comic industry people losing their jobs and everywhere in between. My name is Mike Gibson. With me, as always, Steve Haller. What's up, Steve? Well, uh, yeah, I, again, recently I've got nothing this week uh, as far as witty witty responses and banter. But it seems like, uh, in general, there wasn't a whole lot dropping this week. Yeah, we're still in a slow January. January, I guess I don't remember if last year when we were doing this podcast in January, if it was as slow. I don't have a memory of that, but I feel like going forward... I'm going to remember that January, I feel like January is slow for almost every industry around. Yeah, the, yeah, it seems to be at this horn. point. That's uh, yeah. the recurring theme. Yeah. Um, luckily, we still have the looming James Gunn uh, DCU announcements um, that still haven't happened, but I got to think they're going to happen soon. He said January. He did. It's the 22nd. And he's been, uh, I mean, we're going to talk about it a little bit in depth later, but like people on Twitter have been like, hey, James, aren't you, weren't you supposed to announce stuff in January? And he'll be like, yeah, it's the 18th. Yeah, it's the 20th. <laughs> it's still January, <laughs> you know, um, which I think is funny. But um, until that, I mean, I think that's, that's probably going to be the biggest news that we get this entire month. Cle- uh, clearly, it doesn't seem like anything else is happening. Um which is kind of like, I guess I wonder if Marvel ever regrets getting themselves into this thing where they announce 80% of what they are going to do Yeah, like two years in advance. Mm-hmm. So then you get two years of almost nothing, of just knowing, yep, this thing that you told me that was going to happen, happened. It's getting Great. closer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> getting closer. Yeah, like I know that like there's a lot of phase six stuff, that they didn't announce, but they're going to announce all of Phase 6 probably at Comic-Con this summer or whatever, and that's still another two years. And And in between then, we'll just get all the Phase 5 stuff. Yeah, we just finished Phase 4, and they're already announcing stuff for Phase 6. I I know. (laughs) It's crazy. It's like, you'd think you'd want to, like, you know how, like, uh, we've, we've talked about before how it seems like Netflix has regretted their drop the entire season of something model because the conversation is dead after like a week and no one's talking about whatever show anymore. Um, I feel like Marvel is going to learn that lesson. It's like, well, maybe we should space these out and like, you know, control our own news cycle because there used to be, we've talked about this too. There, it it used to feel like anytime DC announced something, Marvel just had something ready to go. Like blap. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's, and now it seems it's like they're like, we're doing all of this stuff so you can talk about it for this weekend and then, you know, we'll see you in two years. <laughs> we're done. Sorry. Um, yeah. So you and would also I, but, think along those lines, you would think that someone would take advantage of the lull in January maybe and like actually well, put something good out. Well, I think that's what that's what DC is planning to do. It just has taken longer in January than we have expected because we've right. been I think since November, we knew it was going to be January or at least December. He said we're going to announce some stuff in January. 
Well, and I mean, put even put product out because right now, oh yeah, yeah, yes, we currently have two very good things going on in Last of Us and Bad Batch, but yeah. in general, January is like the dearth of everything. Like the movie, yeah, there's nothing in the theater. January is traditionally a dumping ground for films yeah. uh, when it comes to box office releases. So if you do put something out good and like like Megan, that horror movie about the. Mm-hmm. Uh, doll that like made tons of money yeah, <laughs> because it was like the only interesting thing. It. Yeah, yeah. There was no competition. It was the only you know semi interesting thing that was being put out, and plus I'm, it was PG thirteen. So right. like you and got a bunch of that's why No Way films. Home did what it did last year, and why Way of Water is doing what it is now. Like it's still in its yeah. run, and there's nothing else coming out to say, oh, let's go to that instead. It's like, well, if I'm yeah, going exactly. to the movies, I'll go it's to that. Either yeah, it's weird new releases like Megan or blockbusters held over from the holiday that were released in late December that do anything in January. And, you know, I think like strategically, like they probably thought Megan was good enough to like disrupt whatever crowds. And we'll put that out in January and disrupt the hierarchy of the movie universe. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But you know, like no one's putting out blockbusters in January. No one's putting out, I think Morbius was supposed to come out in January originally, or did it come out in January? I don't remember. Might've, but like, why not? Like move, also, why not move Quantumania up to late January and say, "Go," and you have no competition. Yeah, like, you already know you're making bank. Well, you might as well make more bank. I mean, until recently, February was kind of like that too. Until That's recently, true. it was really all, all of Q1 was a, a desert for blockbusters, and it wasn't until like the spring where you started getting like really like good movies. But Thanks, February. Jeff. When they did Black Pan- Black Panther came out in February, Deadpool I think came out in February. Yep. It was like oh February's and I think like like Batman vs Superman came out in March so like years ago so that was like oh okay people do want to go see movies but January is still still known as kind of a wasteland when yeah. it comes to movies at least. Now was Deadpool um, part of that infamous or no that was Dead was that Deadpool two that was part of the infamous year of uh, everything finding a way to screw Solo. I think it was Deadpool 2. Yeah, because it was like that Infinity War right before uh, right before Solo dropped. And it's like, yep. all right, everybody's movied out. Good luck. Yep. So, Thanks, Bob Iger, mm-hmm. for but, not moving Solo to December. So we've we've gone completely off the rails of what our rundown says for the first six minutes of this. So, yeah, that's fine, because we're just talking about how there's not a ton of news. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> and there isn't. Um and even uh, our first bit of news isn't news. It's announcing the no, no news. No, we're opening this just so, again, we did this last week, too, because we felt like we've been talk, opening every show with DC for like the last like few weeks. It's the alphabet. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. do the rundown, it's like D. Okay, good. Right. I try to switch it up, but you know, when, D, when the only thing we're talking about is DC, 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 yeah. it's going to be the lead story, but we switched it up last week because there actually was some Marvel news. This week... We're opening with two stories that really, in a normal week, would be one shots, and it was it were just so we can, you know, kind of like disrupt the flow of the show a little bit. We are going to talk about some DC stuff later on. Guess what? Some more James Gunn stuff. He has not announced any of his slate yet, but still promising that he will. Um, and we're going to get to that in a little bit. But we're starting off this week with something uh, a teaser kind of like a teaser for a teaser more of just like a release date ish announcement like it's really 
it's really just kind of nothing when you really think about it. Oh, it's um, nothing, but it's a hilarious nothing. It's a hilarious nothing for Steve's most anticipated show of 2023. And apparently, Steve, you're going to have to wait most of 2023 to see season two of Invincible mm-hmm. on Amazon Prime released a season two teaser this week, which included um, Mark, the titular Invincible, and the alien character whose name I do not remember. Uh, Alan. Alan. Um an alien who Mark's dad always tried to fight, and then Mark decided to talk to him, and they like kind of forged a relationship a little bit. Voiced by Seth Rogen. Um, Mark, voiced by Stephen Ewan. Anyway, this is the this teaser is the two of them sitting in a diner, um, kind of having a conversation, and Alan asks Mark, "So, like, when you? Oh, excuse me, I'm gonna sneeze." Well, so yeah. That was uh, your random audio pause for... Woo! That was a big one. <laughs> if you were watching the video, you saw if how If you were watching this video, you saw... Yeah. Took me, almost took me out. Anyway. Um, uh, it's Mark and Alan. And Alan's asking Mark, like, Hey, where you been? What's going on? Everyone, everyone wants to see you again. And then at this point, you start realizing this is a meta conversation about where is season two of Invincible and... Mark's saying, I've been busy. I've been doing a lot of stuff. And Alan says, what have you been doing? He's like, well, I've been writing, recording voiceovers, editing, drawing, animating, and just, you know. Yeah, going on the whole the whole nine production stuff. Yeah, mentioning everything that goes into making an animated <laughs> series. Um, this is very funny. And um, basically the only bit of information that we get out of this teaser, other than, um, you know, fun, is that uh, season two of Invincible is coming out of late 2023. That's the best we get. So probably, whoa, almost knocked over my whole setup here. Um, so I'm saying probably, I mean, Q4, October, yeah, November, Yeah, that sounds December. right. Yeah. And again, that's a spot where, you know, they can slot in and there's not, you know, that that's kind of, post, uh, like, if last year's any indication, that's post what we saw of the dump in the end of the summer. And yeah. kind of that September-October time frame might be a good spot for them to drop, like, late September, early October. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It's it's something I'm definitely looking forward to. The original was outstanding. Um not anything I expected going into it and cause yeah. I had never read the book and uh, you know, came, I, I came out of it a very huge fan of what I saw. I read like volume one of it a long time ago and I yeah. don't even think I got as far as the twist with the dad or if, if I did, I did oh, not yeah. remember it when I watched the show. Um, it's like a friend of mine let me borrow volume one and I thought it was really good, but I didn't keep up with it. So going into the trailer, was are going into the series it was barely anything that i remembered yep um because i get to that twist of the dad pretty quick but um uh the other part of info this is not in the trailer but um robert kirkman creator of invincible gave an interview um with cbr.com comicbookresources.com and he said that future seasons of the animated show may include unused 
comic book ideas, like ideas that he had for the initial run of Invincible that they ended up not using for one reason or another. And he said he's very excited to be able to finally adapt these ideas, which I think is super cool. So it gives them a way to not have to be beholden to the source material, but also have these ideas that were created for the source material. So it's still going to be a good fit for the character because it came from the mind of the original writer and creator. So I think that's really cool. Yeah, no, that, I mean, and that's, that's probably a good way to, as good a way as any to hit it because, you know, if, if that's what Kirkman was planning for arcs or had ideas about and just couldn't quite get it to fruition, then yeah, yeah, it'll work if you redevelop it, I'm sure. Yeah, and that's a cool way to keep it fresh. Yeah, I feel like for people that have read the comic and but maybe want something else. And he didn't. He did not say that season two will be that. He said future seasons. Right. Um, yeah, there's still so enough you, published. Uh, how many volumes were there? Like four, or five, uh, something know. like that. I think. I think so. Um, but do you remember? They're also. I haven't. We haven't heard anything about this in a long time. But I remember that they were in development on a live action Invincible. I don't remember if it was a movie or a series, but there was a live-action Invincible adaptation in development really? somehow. Huh. Um, and if that's still going on, using unused comic ideas for the animated series would certainly be a way to differentiate the stories being told in the live-action version at the same time, which is also smart. Yeah, that seems... Uh, it seems like... Um the latest the latest I can find on the live action is that it will be taking a very different turn from uh, if it even goes that uh the dad thing it, well it'll take just a different tone and everything from the show so it's yeah. it's going to be kind of independent and not just a rehash if they do end up making it so I feel like it's already it just seems like the story that they told in the first season of the animated show, which from what I remember from the comic seems like the first arc of the book as well. It just seems like that's such a character defining arc that yeah. why, how could you not, how could you not use that same arc in some way in a different, in any adaptation? Like that's like, right. Especially with like with a character that n- not as many people no, like yeah, we're all your... sick of seeing Batman's origin. We're all mm-hmm. sick of seeing Spider-Man's origin, but that's because we've known those characters for a million years. Yeah, almost a hundred years Excuse now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For Batman, we're getting up close, closing on ninety years. Yeah. Um, for Superman and Batman, so. Um, but for a character that not as many people are familiar with, I feel like you have to kind of do that character-defining story for every adaptation or many adaptations, at least. I don't know. I'm. I could be wrong. I could be. I. I. I just think that that story is so strong and was told so well in the animated series. I can't imagine not telling it if they're doing a live action adaptation as well. Yeah. Or I guess they may be saving it for later, and then it's even a bigger twist. I don't know. But then anyone that has seen it or read the book just knows that it's going to happen. I don't know. It's going to. It feel like it's walking a thin line. Yeah, uh, and it's it gets into overload territory too of like. Yeah. Why? Right. <laughs> like, why would yeah. you do that? Right. Like, why? Like, how Disney remakes live action versions of all their animated movies, yeah. but doesn't doesn't change anything. Like, why are you doing this? Well, and, but even with <laughs> that, you've at least got a twenty to thirty year gap. Exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. This would this, be like, like a couple years. Three years. 
Yeah, good point. Good point, so. Steve. Well, that's everything that I can say about the Invisible franchise. So um, let's move on to something that I can say way less about. <laughs> but as a, a nerdy uh, um, focal point, I guess I don't know what to call it. It's a nerd yeah. thing. People love Tron, right? I think Raise so. your hand if you've seen Tron. Anyone who's listening in audio, neither of our <laughs> hands went up. My hand did not go up, nor did Steve's. Um, I have not seen Tron. I have neither seen Tron Legacy. Um, but they are uh, genre nerdy films just the same. They have their fans. Uh, I know the first one has a, a big cult following. The second one, I think, was mixed because it was like a, a Disney thing and... You know, some people loved it. Some people was like, Disney ruins everything, whatever. Right, which they're going to say no matter what. Exactly, exactly. Um, I actually heard that the second one was pretty good. Most sources I feel like that I trust, I heard that the second one was good. Um, And there's been rumors of a third one for a long time. Apparently that rumor was confirmed this week that a movie called Tron Ares is moving forward at Disney. Starring Jared Leto. I guess Jared Leto has been attached to star in the third Tron movie for a long time. And he's even, like, you know, posted things about it, but then had to delete it because whatever wasn't finalized, things like that. So uh, apparently Ares is the name of the character that Jared Leto Leto will be playing. And a director named, I don't know, Steve, can you take a swing at this name? You're better at foreign pronunciations than me. Joaquin Roning? Joaquin Roning? Okay. Uh, who directed... Raining? Uh, Mo- What's that? Raining, maybe? Yeah, because it's the O with the slash through yeah. it. Yeah, so I'm not sure. Sh- I wasn't sure. Yeah. Joaquin Raining? Yeah, we'll go with that. Uh, director of Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, sequel to uh, Maleficent. Am I saying that right? Mal- I think so. Maleficent? Mal- 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 I think I spelled it Mal- right. Maleficent. Mal- it's Maleficent. The F comes before the Z. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, he's in talks to direct. So everybody loves directed, Jared Leto, uh, right? He also directed Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales. Ah, is that the most recent Pirates of the Caribbean? I don't know. I Another franchise that I've seen one of. I've seen two of. So I, I know the music's great. Him. Beyond that, I got nothing. Yeah. Um... I've seen two Pirates movies, and I'm kind of uh, personally kind of off Johnny Depp, so I don't think I'll ever see another one, especially if he's in them. Um, but, uh, Steve, oh. do you care about this movie? Did you know Nightwing was in those? Nightwing was in what, Brandon, Trons? Brenton Thwaites. The Trons? No, in or uh, the Pirates. Pirates movies. No, I did not know that. Yeah. I only know Brendan Thwaites as being the... Uh, Nightwing character on Titans. Uh, uh, oh, he apparently was only in this one, Dead Men Tell No Tales, ah, from 2017. Okay. So, well, great job, Nightwing. I saw the name. I was like, I know that name from somewhere. Where yeah. do I know that name from? Now we know. Does anyone care about Tron? Does anyone care about Jared Leto? Steve, what do you think? Um, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say no and no. Yeah. <laughs> it's really strange what Jared Leto has done to his own career. Yeah, how he's managed to like. somehow shatter his own brand that was riding very high for a while. Like he won an Oscar, yeah. right? 
Didn't he win an Oscar for Dallas Buyers Club? I think he so. won, right? He was at least nominated. I think he won an Oscar. I, and yeah, I, that sounds right. I I would assume between that and uh, prior, his yeah, he won an Academy Award and a Golden yeah. Globe for that. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I don't blame him for, I don't blame him for his Joker. I think that movie was bad and that interpretation of that character was bad. Suicide Squad. I think Jared Leto would be a good Joker in the hands of different filmmakers, be it David Ayer, be it Zack Snyder. I think they were not, uh, the best to handle that character. I'm not saying that I would like him to stay on as the Joker. I'm saying that, uh... I think he would be a good Joker, just you know, in a different movie. He he could be a good Joker if the the plot and the movie itself fit exactly what he was going for. Exactly. Um, so I don't blame him for that, but I know that soured a lot of people on Jared Leto. Yeah. And then, uh, Morbius, that whole thing, um which maybe you consider a cult, a cult classic because some people love it because it's so bad, but... Um, right, he did not like go into that expecting it to be... We're not talking Bruce Campbell in Army, Army of Darkness where he was leaning into the camp. That yeah, movie just right. sucked. <laughs> yeah. I did finally end up watching, like, getting you through did. as much as I could have of it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, anyway, I don't know. I don't know if... I don't think Jared Leto... I guess we'll see when this movie comes out. I don't know that he's as big of a draw as he used to be or they think that he is. So I guess it'll be interesting to see how Tron... I also like Tron. I feel like... I guess I don't know what the second one did, but if the second one was huge and super crazy popular, I feel like they would have made a third one already because that movie came out like 10 years ago, I feel like. Tron Legacy, wasn't that called? Tron Legacy? Yep. Yeah, over 10 years ago. So... I don't know if people care about Tron. I don't know if people care about Jared Leto. This may or may not be a wise pairing of the franchise uh, and the actor. So the film, Tron Legacy, only grossed $400 million against a 170 production budget. So that was pretty mm. well a flop. Yeah. So by by what they were shooting for, at least. Yeah. And I I feel like the the whole... I guess the whole series or... You know, not the genre. Well, I guess the genre leans way too heavily into the '80s tropes, right. and like, you know, not quite like Ready Player One levels, but very much into the nostalgia. And if you don't have that uh, that demographic that's yeah. jumping for another Tron movie, then right, why are you making one? Yeah, well, maybe this is like a new direction. Maybe this is like a a chance to. Maybe this is this is what they see as a way to reinvigorate the franchise. And maybe it's a new story. It's not connected to the first two. Cause I know the first two, the legacy was a sequel to the original. Maybe this is just a new story, right? Just something in and, the uh, universe. Yeah. It looks cool and gets people excited again. Who knows? Yeah. Could be, who knows, but we'll know someday when it comes out, if it comes out, uh, moving into very familiar territory, You're talking about some DC stuff. And again, Steve, I know I mentioned this a couple weeks ago when I was making this rundown. I thought, am I just talking about this because it's DC and I'm excited or is this like genuine stuff? And then I thought, you know what? If Kevin Feige or Kathleen Kennedy (laughs) came out and said, we're 
retooling our entire universe and we're rebooting a bunch of stuff and we'll have an announcement for you. Right. We would be talking about that Constantly. every week. Yeah. We would be talking about rumors. We'd be talking about what we think. We'd be talking about what they're saying in interviews and things. And that's exactly what we're doing with DC. So, uh, again, assuring myself that no, it's not just the DC fanboy in me that is adding this all the time. This is, what is happening right now. And as we said, it's a, maybe if it was a bigger news week, maybe we wouldn't cover all of this stuff every week. But you know what? Like we said, January, nothing else is happening. Um, I feel like I should almost refresh my Twitter feed while we're talking to make sure that no announcements have been made by James Gunn. Um, but I feel like he wouldn't do it uh, on a Sunday night. Well, he's done anyway, stranger things. That's true. But you feel like, again, I'm really hoping that they're like, tune in to whatever... On this day, I hope there's like hype around it. I hope it's not just like yeah, here's a tweet nice. with the things we're doing. Like give us some, give us some hype, give us an announcement, give us like a date, and then we can tune in and get our minds blown. I don't know, do something. Anyway, James Gunn gave an interview with Empire Magazine, and Steve, this is something that you and I talked about. Like I say, you and I called this. We talked about the possibility of the actors from the Guardians of the Galaxy movies coming over to D.C. with James Gunn. Because as James Gunn has said, he's done making Marvel movies, especially now that he's working for D.C., mm-hmm. and he's done making Guardians of the Galaxy movies. So you and I talked when we were like theorizing about what was going to happen and what would we want to see. Are any of these actors going to move over to the D.C.U. to follow James Gunn? And in an interview with Empire Magazine, James Gunn said the following. First, he referred to his... Uh, finishing and promoting Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 as his quote-unquote day job, while mentioning his new position at DC as, quote, a very healthy part-time job that's at least another 40 to 60 (laughs) hours a week. (laughs) He's got to be pretty busy right now. Uh, He's burning the candle at both ends, undoubtedly. Yeah, he's like shepherding an entire universe of all these big characters, but also like finishing and promoting his, like, final whatever, like, big punctuation on his Guardians trilogy for these characters that belong in this other gigantic universe. Yep. So, he's, yeah, burning the candle at both ends, I think, is a good way to um, describe it. He then went on to say, somebody asked him about if he ever, uh, working with the cast of Guardians of the Galaxy again, and he said, this cast are like my family. I cannot tell you how close I am to Chris Pratt, Palm Clementif, and Dave Bautista, and Zoe Saldana, and Karen Gillan. But I also know I will work with all of those people individually again. Then he laughed and said, probably at my other job. Which sent people fan casting and going crazy about who would Chris Pat Pratt be, who would Dave Bautista be, who would Zoe Saldana be, and you and I kind of talked about some of those things. Mm-hmm. Could we see those characters moving over to the DCU? I can. Um, it would be in, it will be interesting to see um, what and when and who I guess I would assume yeah. whoever it is uh, Saldana and Batista would play people that are not green because they are not going to want to get yeah. into makeup again. Yeah, I would agree with that. Also, I want to say um, Palm Clementi, who plays Mantis in the Guardians franchise, she was actually in the Suicide Squad. Really? Uh, she is she is a dancer at the bar that they go to to get um, the thinker when they have to like yeah. trap him and get him out of there. She is the lead dancer on stage at that bar. It's a very like huh. small thing, 
Um, but in like the commentary for it, he says like, yeah, like she, he's been friends with her for a long time. He's like, I'm doing this thing. Do you want to come? And she's like, yeah, sure. I'll do a thing for it. And yeah, there you go. did like a dance and that's it. Yeah. Cool. Um, Oh, also that reminds me when you and I were saying like who else should be, who, like who works with James Gunn that should be in DC. Remember a couple weeks ago, yeah, we were talking yeah. about like actors he works all the time. We were talking about Nathan Fillion. Yeah. Nathan Fillion is also in the Suicide, in Suicide Squad. Suicide I forgot yeah. about that. Oh yeah. He's the, deta- the, the detachable kid mm-hmm. in the Suicide Squad. Oh, yeah. And he's the only one of that first team that is shown to still be alive at the end. Yes. Or at the end of that sequence when the cameras go around, he's like coughing up blood. He's still alive. So who knows? Uh, that's great. Oh, I did hear someone else fan cast Nathan Fillion. As, uh, oh, as um, I saw another, I listened to another podcast where someone said Nathan Fillion should play Hal Jordan, but in a way that he is training you know, one John Stewart Lanterns, or yeah. Kyle Rayner or something like, like he's the older Green Lantern. I think that would be cool too. Oh, I would yeah. take him as Green Lantern. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I uh, regarding just the Guardians characters. I mean, Dave Bautista is great. Zoe Saldana is an incredible actor. She could do anything. She'd be a pretty good Catwoman. I'm just thinking that right now off the top of my head. She'd be a pretty good Catwoman. Um, I would if. I have soured on Chris Pratt a little bit in the last couple of years, just based on like things I've Chris. heard about him in his personal life and things. But I would say if if Chris Pratt is someone that comes over to DC movies, I feel like I would like him to play a villain. And kind of like what I was saying the other day about how I would love hmm. Tom Hanks to play Lex Luthor because it's against type. Yeah, same Chris kind of Pratt, concept. Always plays these like goofy or like trying to do good or do gooder kind of characters. Like, I think he would be really good as like a manipulative asshole bad guy. I think he'd be good. Yeah, I could see that. At least like, trying um, it. Yeah, give it a shot. I think he'd be a good, um, I don't know if you remember this character. Uh, I think he'd be a good Maxwell Lord. Uh, he's the character that, um, uh, Pedro Pascal played in Wonder Woman 1984. Okay. Like the businessman guy who's yeah. like making all these promises but like can't keep it. Like that's not quite the in- quite who he is in the comic books all the time, but like I think he would be good as um comic book Maxwell Lord. Um, all right. Cuz he still has to be like trustworthy but also shady, similar to Lex Luthor. Um, Funnily enough, but in a different way. Karen Gillan uh would also fall in the don't want to get in makeup uh situation, I'd assume. <laughs> since yeah. For the longest time I like I knew Karen Gillan from other stuff and did not realize that that was Karen Gillan <laughs> when yeah, right? Guardians first came out. Um, also, I have trouble every time I read it, uh, read her name, of thinking it's Karen Gillan, the comic book oh, writer. The comic book I'm like, yeah. oh no, okay, which yep. which nerd road am I going down? <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Yep. Which KG are we talking about? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Karen Gillan is an incredible actress, and I can see her just probably doing anything that uh, James Gunn wanted her to do. So I am down with any of this. Um, He doesn't mention um, Vin Diesel and uh, Bradley Cooper because they're just voice actors, really. But um, you got to imagine that you mentioned when we were talking about this the first time, you mentioned that uh, Sean Gunn, his brother, I feel like is likely to pop up, even if it's him doing like motion capture, like he does the motion capture for Rocket and Bradley Cooper just does the voice. So I can see him like, you know, I think in in Peacemaker, they mentioned the character of Batmite, 
mm-hmm. in one episode who's like this otherworldly imp that like is obsessed with Batman that just pops up every once in a while and annoys the shit out of Batman. It's like it's certainly not the grounded, uh, gritty Matt Reeves <laughs> version of Batman that this character exists in. But it, something like that, if like they needed motion capture for a weird character like that, I feel like Sean Gunn would be mm-hmm. there ready to go. Or there's like there's like a Green Lantern that's like a squirrel. Like, you know, sure. Give me that. Right. If you're doing that kind of thing. Oh, also, has, um, for for completionist's sake, since we are talking all things nerd, uh, mm-hmm. with Karen Gillan, what I had recognized her, or what I knew her from and didn't realize was she was Matt Smith's companion in Doctor Who. Doctor Who, yep. So we're coming That's full circle. First, <laughs> yep, that is when I uh, first met and fell in love with Karen Gillan yep. as Amy Pond in Doctor Who. Yeah, so good in that show. Um, and then, uh, also this week responding to a negative fan on Twitter, um, or was it Twitter or was it actually, this might've been Instagram. No, this was Twitter. This was Twitter. Uh, somebody was saying, somebody was reacting negatively to his interview about bringing over the Guardians cast, maybe joining him in the DC universe someday. Um, uh, he said, please, like that person was saying please don't do this like it's a different thing like just start fresh and blah 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 and james gunn says in response said we have hundreds of roles to cast as i've always done some will be brand new faces some will be actors i've worked with before and some will be actors you don't know who i've never worked with what matters most is that the actor fits the role and they are easy to work with so i mean that's a smart move like you want an actor that fits the role Bottom line. Right. Bottom line. And I feel like Gunn's so, always been good with that. I agree. I very much agree. So I think he's a very, I think he's a smart guy that's not going to go for like, oh, people love Chris Pratt. We're going to just put it, we're going to make him, you know, Hal Jordan or he's going to be Superman or whatever. Like, he's not going to do that. He's like, well, Chris, I, especially because he's worked with these people. Right. So he'll be like, Chris, I know that Chris Pratt is good at this. So I'm, and I can see this in him. So I'm going to put him in this role. Or Karen Gillan is really good at this, so I'm going to put him put her in this role. Well, and it could but even be something like with Tom, like you were talking about, where it's like he says he's going to work with them. He doesn't specify how. Like exactly. it could just be a cameo, could be something random, could be whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Chris Pratt could play somebody that gets killed by the end of the movie. You know, that doesn't mean that right. just because they're bringing them coming over doesn't mean they're going to survive the film that they're in. Or that there is even going to be a role that goes on for multiple sequels or whatever. You know, it doesn't even mean that they're going to be an A-list DC hero. Right. You know? I mean, this That's week in The Bad Batch, I listened to the voice of Ben Schwartz be a droid yes. that got annihilated. So, like, Love it. There's, there, you, you, big name actors can do whatever. It's not... Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and sometimes that works to the, direct, to the film's benefit. Like, if you cast an A-lister like Chris Pratt, you're going to assume he's going to stick around. But then if he dies, it's a huge shock. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you, he could also play into that and be like, well, if I cast this guy, people are going to think that he's going to go on for a million movies in this franchise. But nope, I'm going to shock the audience by killing him off in Act 1 or whatever, you know? Come on, James Gunn never subverts expectations. <laughs> he hasn't made an entire career off of it or anything. Right. He didn't make an entire movie called The Suicide Squad, in which he cast a bunch of people that right. didn't make it. 
Yeah, we just um, talked about how Nathan Fillion was dead, like, in the first yeah, scene. Yeah, the only <laughs> one still alive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, he also mentioned in a comment, uh, responding to somebody on Instagram, I feel like I follow James Gunn on Instagram, but I never check the comments. And I feel like this is the second time I've mentioned a comment on Instagram, so I feel like I'm going to have to start doing that. Somebody said... Um, Someone was criticizing DC about like, yo, you don't have your bench isn't deep enough. Well, clearly, the person does not understand DC Comics that they've been around since 1939 or whatever with Superman or 1938 when Superman debuted, and like they have a very deep bench. Like just because you don't know <laughs> these characters, like there's thousands, thousands of characters in the just like there are in the Marvel universe. Like there mm-hmm. are thousands of characters. Anyway, this character, this guy was saying. Uh, you gotta you gotta bring in something else. You gotta figure something else out because you don't have a deep enough bench to make a whole universe. Which one? Again, insane comment to make about the DC universe. But also, um, he responded in saying that uh, between DC, Wildstorm, and Milestone, we have plenty of characters to choose from. So, uh, Wildstorm and Milestone are two imprints of DC, similar to Vertigo, which doesn't exist anymore. But um, and they like just had other characters, kind of like their own universes. Milestone specifically had a lot of like uh, black and people of color characters, including like Icon and Rocket and Static Shock. So the fact that he mentioned Milestone makes me think that there's a real possibility that Static Shock could show up in uh, his DCU, which would be very smart because there's a lot of kids that grew up watching that Static Shock TV show. And mm-hmm. I mean, we heard that there. Um, Michael B. Jordan was developing a Static Shock series or movie for HBO Max. Who knows if that's still happening? But anyway, I think James Gunn has said before that he is basing some of his decisions and taking inspiration from the Justice League animated television show. So if he's taking inspiration from animation, then it's likely that he's watched not only that, but also Batman the Animated Series, Superman the Animated Series, Static Shock, all these were in the same DC animated universe. So if he knows about one, it's likely he knows about the other. So um, that's great. I just thought of something else while I was saying that sentence, Steve, and it just left my brain before I was done with the sentence. What was it? Been there before. Static Shock, Justice League, Superman the Animated Series. These these things I don't know, man. I do not live in your brain. I know, I know. So we'll see. Um, uh, I would just love, I don't know, I'm just really excited to see what these announcements are. I feel like he's going to be bringing in a lot of um, characters we haven't seen before. And um, I I don't know. It, It seems like to me, there are some obvious things that we could have already had from DC that we haven't had yet because either people don't believe in the characters or don't see them in the right way or, you know, Zack Snyder wasn't interested in whatever, the Teen Titans or something. But I feel like James Gunn is somebody that understands the characters. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Oh, he also posted a picture of um, something like the best way to wake up is coffee and comics. He posted a picture on Twitter and it was him. It was his, a table cup of coffee and a graphic novel open to a random page i uh immediately identified that he was reading um all-star superman by okay. grant morrison and frank quitely which i personally don't love 
but so many other people think it's their their favorite Superman story. I do agree that it treats Superman correctly, the way that Superman is supposed to be written, supposed to be created. So that got a lot of people hyped that he was reading All-Star Superman. Um, and he claims to have read it many, many times um, in response to that tweet. So anyway, um, oh, so I just mentioned Teen Titans a second ago. I was talking to my wife earlier. Like, my son is six and loves Teen Titans Go. He watches it all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, epi- he's seen episodes a million times, and he still watches it. He thinks they're hilarious. He loves those characters. Similar to me not understanding why Zack Snyder and Warner Brothers didn't uh, choose the, a Justice League roster that mirrored the Justice League cartoon roster. You know, you have a built-in audience with those characters. Why aren't you using those characters? It doesn't make sense to me. I feel like if James Gunn comes out next week and is like, yeah, we're making a Teen Titans movie, and it's these five characters that have been on this show for seven seasons that you all love, like, that's instantaneous um, butts and seats right there. That's a built-in audience for people that have been watching Teen Titans or Teen Titans Go with Robin, Raven, Beast Boy, Cyborg, and Starfire Mm -hmm. for over ten years now that cartoon's been on in various forms. That team has been in animation in different forms. And it's crazy crazy that they're they're not that they're not doing that and they you know two years from now i get to take my son to a teen titans movie he's gonna be losing his mind it's like yeah. it's such a smart idea to do something like that well anyway. i mean i got a hunch that's why titans like why that was a thing was bringing kids that had yeah. grown up on that uh a yeah a live action show of them when they were aged up to the age they would be uh right but also i feel like they pushed that to make it an R-rated show. And it is an R-rated show. Yeah. It's not a great show, I don't think. But it is an R-rated show. No. So like, it's, it's not a great show. It, it can be a fun show when it's at its best. It is, yeah, I agree. It is fun to see live-action versions of Nightwing and Red Hood fighting. <laughs> like, that's cool. Yeah. But, um, but if you because want it's deep, R-rated... If you want a deep watch, not really there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's basically a CW show where they say the F word. Right. It's a, you know, it's CW plus. Exactly. Yeah. CW um, after dark. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one thing I know we've talked for a long time on, um, how people need to be pushing more things towards kids. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it was on your radar, but young Jedi adventures is coming out in spring. Wait, which is, is the, that a show? That is the High Republic uh, animated Star Wars focused for preschoolers, grade schoolers, and their families. Um, oh, dope. So, and I read that from the copy because I didn't have that in my brain. Um, <laughs> but set during the High like Republic. A very corporate. Yeah. I, oh, it's, yeah. <laughs> my, my brain often works in corporate speak. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, the um, I guess it's like them, as a bunch of Jedi as Padawans in the High Republic. Awesome. So I I am um, I'm close to getting uh, my son to start Clone Wars I think, uh, pretty soon. I think nice. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to implement like a certain night of the week is the night we watch Clone Wars. You know, so we nice. like can start it and stick to it and not fall off. Like, nope, Wednesday night it's Clone Wars night. We're doing it. Nice. And unfortunately so. for you, you're gonna have to sit through the fluff too. But. Yep, I sure am, Steve. But you know what? <laughs> I'm going to be doing it with my son, so it's going to be worth it. It's You're going to have, you know, gonna Mieber Gascon and all those, uh, him and him and all the droids and all that. The and, droid yeah. episodes, the Jar Jar episodes, I'm there for it. It's going to happen. All right, it's going to happen, and I'm going to see it through the eyes of a child. <laughs> and well, hopefully that'll make a difference. I don't know. 
we'll I doubt it, but you know, there's yeah, always hope. I doubt it too. Um, well, one thing there may oh. also be hope for is the continuation of uh, some prior cast members in the DCEU. Yeah. Who knows? That was a fun little Star Wars tangent, but thank you for segueing it back to uh, the DC bring, stuff we're talking about. Bring us back A few more DC stories for you. And this ties into the James Gunn stuff. Uh, we talked about a while ago, James, or not James, Jason Momoa, posting a video of him getting off the phone with James Gunn and feeling real good and pairing that with the rumors that he's going to transfer from Aquaman to playing the character of Lobo. That's still up in the air. That has not been confirmed yet. We still don't know if he's sticking around as Aquaman, but we do know that he looks and acts exactly like the character of Lobo from DC Comics. Um, Lobo, I guess, I don't, have we said this? Lobo is like a alien, I don't, I can't remember the race, alien race that he is, but he is an alien uh, species. And he's like a bounty hunter. Yep. He's kind of like, if you cross the Mandalorian with Deadpool, but also make him like a nineties biker guy. I was going to say, throw a little Wolverine in there. Like, Oh, picture Rob zombie. There it is. Picture Rob zombie as a bounty hunter in space. Yep. Very good. But he taught, but he acts and talks like Deadpool. Yeah. Right. Okay. Which is basically Jason Momoa, which is Jason Momoa. (laughs) Exactly. I should have said picture Jason Momoa on a motorcycle in space. Yeah. Um, cause that's literally what this character looks like. He, uh, he looks exactly like Jason Momoa. So that's why all these rumors of him being Lobo seem credible because if he was not Aquaman, he'd be the perfect casting for Lobo. And this, you know, this last couple of months is not the first time that anyone has mentioned that. So that's why there's credibility, we think, to those rumors. However, um, we don't know for sure. But he did post another video on his social media. It's just like with him and a couple of buddies in some giant mansion somewhere. God, what a life. And he's just saying like, yes, yes, I'm screaming, I'm screaming. He said, good news, great news with Warner Brothers. Amazing. I wish I could tell you. Peter, I love you. James, I love you. Mwah. To the future. To the future. And he's like pumping his arms and like just bursting with excitement and you know, positivity. He's so excited about whatever conversation he just got off the phone with, with somebody at Warner Brothers, whether mm-hmm. it be Peter, James, I think he mentions David Zaslav. He says David in the video also. Yep. Like, so I don't know who he talks to, but he's really pumped about something. And this, I feel like this is either, yo, you're staying as Aquaman and we've got this crazy story for you, or you're not going to be Aquaman, but you're going to be Lobo. And we've got this crazy, awesome story for you. I right. think either way, He's hyped on staying with Warner Brothers. He's hyped on DC, and he's hyped on uh, James Gunn and Peter Safran's plan. Like, he's all in, regardless of who he's playing. Um, And this could be either one. I don't know. Steve, do you have an inkling as to do you think he's staying on as Aquaman, or do you think he's making the switch to Lobo? Or or some third thing? No, I, I have no inkling, and I don't think there's really any way to tell at this point. I don't think there is either. So... Unfortunately, we do have someone that we know is not staying on. Yeah, although I I do want to say one more thing about Jason Momoa because I have a prediction. Mm. I have a prediction. I think because this is at least the second time we know he's talked to somebody that knows something, James Gunn. Let's say, let's pretend it's James Gunn or Peter Safran. The second time he's had a conversation about his future at Warner Brothers, at least the second time. 
that he's posted about. So either it's Aquaman or it's Lobo. And I think if he is switching to Lobo, if he's going to play Lobo, Mm -hmm. I think he's going to play Lobo in James Gunn's Superman movie that he's writing. Okay. Because Lobo has traditionally... On and off, he's been he's been in his own series and encountered his own heroes. But a lot of times, he is an antagonist for Superman because he's a bounty hunter. He's trying to catch somebody, and he that puts him at odds with Superman. Right. And I feel like that is a character we have certainly never seen in live action. We've certainly never seen him go up against Superman in live action. And it could be a thing where they're clashing, but then at the end, they have to team up and work together to fight the bigger whatever, you know. So I feel like if he's having this many conversations, it's a movie that's already in development. It's a movie that they want to announce pretty soon. And I feel like Superman is that thing. Like Warner Brothers is really pushing Superman. We know that James Gunn is writing it. We know that they're, you know, they're they're working on Superman and pushing Superman. And I know James Gunn a lot of times will write a character, will write a script with an actor in mind. So if he's writing this, he's probably like, yo, I'm writing a Lobo thing and you're in my brain. Do you want to do this? And, you know, maybe that was the initial call and maybe this call was the like, yep, it's definitely happening. Who knows? Who knows? But I think if it's Aquaman, great. He's a cool version of Aquaman. I'll love him as Aquaman moving forward. If he's switching to Lobo, I'm predicting he's going to be in the Superman movie. So uh, I, I do have to correct you. He apparently has appeared in live action once. In Smallville? No, in Krypton. Oh, Krypton, really? Season two, apparently, he featured. I did not realize that. That is a show I should watch. I've heard that that got canceled after two seasons. I heard it was really good. I heard it was very good. And they did a whole, like, doomsday thing, and they used, like, practical effects for, like, giant puppets and stuff that looked really cool. I never watched it. Maybe I should watch it. I know. I won't. I know I won't. There's too much else for me to watch. Right. There's so many things. Um... Anyway, going back to your segue, your wonderful professional segue about <laughs> people staying on and people departing, the wonderful, um, beloved, beloved, yeah, he's beloved, absolutely. Don't you think Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker himself, and uh, iconic voice of the Joker in many a DC animated thing. Uh, suggests in a recent interview that he is going to retire from voicing the Joker in response to the death of Kevin Conroy, iconic Batman voice actor that we talked about um, a few weeks ago. Um, And quote in this interview, he said, they would call me and say they want you to do the Joker. And my only question was, is Kevin Batman? If they said yes, I would say I'm in. We were like partners. We were like Laurel and Hardy without Kevin there. There doesn't seem to be a Batman for me. And that's all I said. Yeah. Uh, apparently, there's only been one time where Mark Hamill has voiced the Joker uh, without Kevin Conroy being Batman. And it was a, um, a voice cameo in a live-action Birds of Prey series that came, well, it was out in like the mid to late 2000s. That's another show. If I'm going back and watching DC shows I haven't seen, that would yeah. be high on my list. It was like this short-lived one-season Birds of Prey series, and I don't think Batman was even in it. So that's probably why he agreed to do it because 
no, Kevin Conroy wasn't being Batman because there wasn't a Batman. And then it was like over the phone, Harley talked to the Joker and it was Mark Hamill as the Joker. Hmm. Um, so the, um, I, I'm, I'm okay with this. What do you think, Steve? I'm okay with him. I think it, I think it's true. I think it, like you said, it doesn't fit without like, yeah, to, to have, when you think of the Joker, that's the voice that's in my head. Me too. When I'm, when I'm reading a book and the Joker is in it, that's Mm -hmm. what's in my head. Yep. Just like Kevin Connery is still Batman in my head. Yep. Yep. Always. Agreed. So. Um, Makes sense. This article also brought up the question of the uh, coming out sometime this year, um, Suicide Squad versus the Justice League has been confirmed that that is Kevin Conroy's final performance as Batman. Batman is in that well. game. Um, I guess for a little bit. Voiced by Kevin Conroy. So it remains to be seen if there's a Joker in that game, right. if Mark Hamill will be voicing Joker. However, apparently that game takes place, I didn't realize this until I read this article, it takes place in the same continuity that the Arkham Asylum games take place in. And spoiler alert for those games, Joker is dead mm-hmm. in those games after a while. So um, seemingly, probably not. But um, yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm fine with it. And like um, Mark Hamill is also getting older. So who knows how much longer he'd be able to really effectively do that voice at all. Yeah. I mean, um, you look at what James Earl Jones did with Rebels with Vader, and it it, yeah. it was it was still Vader, but it wasn't the same. Yeah. Even in, in Rogue One, you can tell that yeah. James, yeah. his voice is a little bit, you know, sounds like an 80-year-old guy mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of he should be 30 or whatever. Um uh, but yeah, I am, I'm okay. If I'm never going to hear Kevin Conroy's Batman again, then yeah, I think it's, if he's going to retire as a Joker, this is the perfect time to do it. And it's a, right. it's only right. Current, it's incredibly valid reason to do. Yes. It's only right. Like you said. Yeah. Um, speaking of other things, one last DC story, speaking of other things that may not be coming back anymore. This is a rumor, a rumor, um, that Doom Patrol Beloved, again, beloved by many people. The HBO Max series Doom Patrol may not be renewed for a fifth season. The fourth season, uh, currently half of it has aired on HBO Max. The other half is airing, I think, next month sometime. I'm not really sure. Um, And we've talked about this before, how both Doom Patrol and Titans... um, I don't know, specifically for Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol is such a good show. It's one of my favorite comic book adaptations in live action, like, hands down. Just oh, yeah. As far as, like, especially for television shows, my God. For me, Doom Patrol is up there with, like, Daredevil. You know, it's, like, just so good. Yeah, very in different way. in tone than Daredevil. Radically However, different. Radically <laughs> Quality-wise, I get you. The fact that we've gotten four seasons of the most bananas crazy time wackadoo pants show that I've ever seen in my whole life. That's four seasons. That's great. That's a small miracle that we got four seasons of that. Oh, yeah. So, anyway, uh, Diane Guerrero, who plays Crazy Jane in Doom Patrol, who plays her excellently, switching back between, switching back and forth between different personalities effortlessly, this actress is incredible. 
Um, apparently she posted something on Instagram that had a, a picture of her or a short edit video of her playing Crazy Jane with the caption, Goodbye, my beloved. But then she quickly deleted it after. But people grabbed screenshots of it, so people saw it, and people mm-hmm. assumed that Doom Patrol was getting canceled. This is a rumor, so take this with a grain of salt, but you and I have been talking in general, like, it just seems like, for Titans and Doom Patrol, it seems like they're, they're I feel like they're, uh, I don't know. It's, it, the sun has set on yeah, both of those they've, shows. They've got to be on the chopping block, knowing the way yeah, DC is doing especially, things. Especially, yeah, especially in a world where James Gunn is saying we're telling one big story across TV and movies and games and all that stuff. Um, I feel like James Gunn is somebody that probably likes the Doom Patrol and thinks that there's like. That's what I was kind of thinking. Um, so. Who knows if this will be a reboot if we'll ever see these characters in these roles again. Like, it's an incredibly well-cast show. Like, everyone in it's really good. Who doesn't love Brendan Fraser as a uh, fucking robot man? Like, that is That's dope. So good. Um, so good. So, uh, I mean, who knows? Um, so maybe we'll see him again, or maybe we'll see Doom Patrol. I mean, I would love a Doom Patrol movie. But, like, Doom Patrol is something like... Like, you look at... People say, like, of course they can make a Doom Patrol movie because they made a Guardians of the Galaxy movie and no one knew who the Guardians of the Galaxy was until they made that movie, right? But they didn't announce a Guardians movie until after Phase 1. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it wasn't until they proved... Like, we all saw the Avengers and were like, this is dope, we love this, they can do this. And then they were like, uh, yeah, we're going to make a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Whoa, what? We're getting weird? Oh, yeah, we're doing all this other kind of weird stuff. So, like, well, I feel and then like... not only a Guardians of the Galaxy movie, but a Guardians movie with a lineup that was just. Yeah. Out of thin air. Right, right. But we only trusted Guardians yeah. because we already believe we already bought into the franchise. So, I feel like if we ever get something like a Doom Patrol movie or another series or something, it's going to be the second half of whatever this slate is. Like, we well, have either, to get. Either that we or. We have to be bought mean, into, like, a Superman and a Wonder Woman and whatever, like a core DC yeah. team before like, okay, well now we're going to start branching off into weirdness and one of those branches is going to be Doom Patrol. But at the same time... Big yawn. Yeah, big yawn. We're sneezing and yawning and we're all over the place. Um, <laughs> no, at the same time, I mean, we we needed with the Marvel Universe to be bought in. Does, ga- does James Gunn, not James Gunn, very different people... <laughs> Um, does James Gunn bring with him enough panache that you trust that for him to just go wonky off the bat? Because he did that with Suicide Squad and he killed it. That's true, but Suicide Squad wasn't a, I mean, it was an established franchise, regardless of what you think about that first movie. Right. Whether whether or not the, whether or not everything leading up to it was a complete flop or mess. Yeah. Uh, yes, it was a known commodity. But also, and I think we mentioned this last week. Suicide Squad made a ton of money. It was not a failure at the box right. office. Neither was Batman vs Superman. Just the the reviews were terrible. Mm-hmm. But so I think that worked because and again the James Gunn Suicide Squad didn't make a ton of money, but also it was like released during COVID still, and no one yeah. was going to the theater, and it was radar, you know. Um, but anyway, Suicide Squad was a term that a lot of people were familiar with because there had been one movie. A lot of people went to see it, even though it was bad. Um, 
Yeah, that's the other thing. It didn't like his movie didn't make a ton of money, but it was a sequel to a bad movie. So a lot. I I mean, I know people that did haven't seen James Gunn's Suicide Squad because they hate the first one. And I'm like, yo, it's way different. It's way better. The tone is like you got to give it a chance. It's great. But um, but I think that was a more established franchise. Even like if you had made, if Marvel did Iron Man, Captain America, and then Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't know if people would have like flocked yeah. to that movie as much as they like, oh, this is part of this new Marvel Cinematic Universe thing that I like because I've seen a few movies and a team up movie that I already believe in. You know, how is this going to connect to it? Mm-hmm. I feel like you got to like lay some breadcrumbs before you're like, bam, Doom right. Patrol. No, I can see but that. I hope they do it again. Um, and I, I've said this a few times on this podcast, but four seasons of any show I feel like is is good. Four seasons of any show is yeah. nothing to be upset about not everything um, that goes for titans and doom patrol for sure doom patrol is the better show but is accurate yeah um all right moving into some comics whoo boy some depressing news from comiXology comiXology a very popular uh digital comic reading app purchasing and reading app was bought by amazon in late 2021 and integrated with them in early 2022, I believe is the timeline. Something around there. Yeah. Um, and uh, right off the bat, when it was integrated with Amazon, there were problems. Amazon deleted a bunch of functionality and things that fans of Comixology were not happy with. They reintegrated some of that stuff. They didn't reintegrate some of that stuff. Uh, some of the people that had bought stuff through Comixology previous, before the buyout of Amazon, lost the stuff they had purchased, just like it was not great. Um, and, I don't know, we were hoping that they were going to turn it around, because like I said, they did put some stuff back, they did make some fixes. This week it was estimated that 50 to 75% of the staff at Comixology was fired Yeah. by Amazon. Um, the remaining employees, um, this is hearsay, I guess, but from people that used to work there saying that the, the employees that the employees that were not fired this week are only being kept on temporarily to complete like specific projects and things like that. And I think eventually everybody's going to be gone and comicsology will cease to exist. Uh, it's I guess a weird situation. That's, is that the road we're on? I, I think it might be uh, at this point. It's, it's a, it's a weird situation that Comixology was put in, especially when Amazon, you know, Amazon bought them back in 2013, and then was it that long ago? Yeah. Oh, I um, thought it was more recent. Okay. Well, they only started fiddling in like 2021, oh, 2022, okay. and they yeah. immediately like once they started. Oh, that's what it was. Sorry, it was the right. integration. They got rid of Comixology.com. Yep. and integrated it to Amazon.com. And That's they, what happened in 2021, they, 2022. So they did that, yeah. and then they also like completely neutered the app and like yep. made the reading experience horrible. When people went, people would go through Comicsology rather than one of the normal like big apps. Yeah, uh, DC, DC Infinite, DC or, Infinite Marvel, or Marvel yeah. Unlimited. Um, yep. Would you would go that direction because of the reading experience? And Amazon went and neutered that. They basically ran the company into the ground and now are laying people off, even though they were trying to, like, all all these, 
all these employees that fixed the stupid things that Amazon corporate did to their yeah. product are now getting canned because Amazon basically they did the big corporate thing of oh we screwed up a little too far and now people take notice and don't want to use our product and now our product's worthless which is similar to what Wizards of the Coast seems to be doing with D&D and Magic the Gathering mm. but that's yeah. a discussion for a different day because we could well that that would send me off on a rant like your uh DC rant sometimes yeah i would just yeah. go <laughs> um so this is sad um because uh, this was a comicsology was a big source of, I don't know, access to comics for like yeah. a lot of people, and they were right on the cusp of all the digital, like the the transition to digital. Yeah, I know, and I know also like I read in this article like apparently Amazon, uh, like the 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 spending and ordering online boom that happened during COVID has like died down, and so they're not like raking in as much money as they were in the last couple of years. So they're making cuts. They also are discontinuing their smile.amazon.com charity, which is, I think, bullshit. It's just, they're just getting rid of it so they don't have to give as much money to charity, I guess. Like, what the fuck, Amazon? Yeah. Um, uh, so I don't know. I mean, it seems dumb for them not to keep some version of this alive, right? Like, people I mean, are giving they were them the money. Big, they were the big... Thing for indies like the even the right. even the booms and IDWs and that were all through there, right? Now like I IDW know. has their own app, but you know a small publisher like Band of Bards over in Buffalo or whatever, where yeah. are you going to get them digitally? Are you going to be able to get them digitally outside of well, going I, to their? Well, site? I'll say that uh, because you mentioned Band of Bards and I. I and any, if anyone is struggling with comicsology right now, there is a, a site called Global Comics um, that also you can get a lot of indie um, comics there. And Band of Bards does have a big uh, or good. Okay, so there's at least some other option. So there's another outlet, Global Comics. I do believe they spell it with an X, uh, C O M I X. Um, so go check that out if you're um, fed up with comicsology. And I don't know, it'll be interesting to see what happens. It seems like they would want to keep it going as some kind of revenue stream. Like, shutting it completely down seems like... Seems like throwing money away. Yeah, exactly. When you already have the infrastructure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's kind of like um, DC you know, yeah. shelving a done movie. Yeah. Or a done... When, didn't I read something that someone's shelving a whole... Oh, TNT isn't going to end air the last season of Snowpiercer? Even yeah. though it's completely shot already, just to save money, what is happening? Yeah, Batgirl set a precedent apparently in Hollywood. They're like, oh, we can just not pay actors and not pay residuals if we just don't put the thing out. Great. What? <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah, totally makes sense. Totally makes sense. Anyway, um, other more positive comics news: as uh, there's a new Black Panther creative team has been announced at Marvel. Uh, writer Eve L. Ewing and artist Chris Allen are going to be helming the new Black Panther series when it launches in June 2023. Ewing mentioned uh, she's embracing a noir tone, but also said um, uh, the following. Uh, the current team is ending their run, you know, obviously probably in like May or whatever. And um, she said, when I first... When I had my first conversation with Will Moss, who edits Black Panther for Marvel, I found out where the John Ridley run is going to end. John Ridley's the current 
writer of Black mm-hmm. Panther. Uh, found out where John Ridley Run is going to end. I had to laugh. No spoilers, but the status quo is going to be more than a little disrupted. But I've always believed that the fun of writing these characters is not completely ignoring or undoing what your predecessor did, nor is it simply continuing with their storyline. It's taking the reins from the place where they left the story and accepting the challenge to make it your own. In this case, I can say that I'm extremely geeked about the ways we're picking up where he leaves off. So couple interesting nuggets there. Apparently, the status quo of Black Panther is going to drastically change at the end of John Ridley's run, and then uh, Ewing's going to like kind of pick it up and run with it, but take it maybe in a direction that uh, fans won't be expecting, which I think is the way to go. Like she says, like that's like, like yeah, a lot of times you take over a series, you are stuck answering the question. You know, you know, ask Ryan Johnson. <laughs> this about his experience taking over for J.J. Yeah. Abrams in the Star Wars universe. Like, you got all these questions, all of a sudden you have to answer them. All of a sudden it's your responsibility to come up with these answers. Fans may not uh, like what you, how you answer those questions, but it's your job to do it. It's not their job to do it. So, um, I guess I'll be excited to see what uh, happens to Black Panther at the end of the Ridley run and also at the beginning of the Ewing run. A noir tone. Noir is not necessarily a descriptor that I would think of when I think of Black Panther. So I think that's very interesting that yeah. she would be taking it in a, like a noir detective-y kind of way. That's yeah. very interesting to me. I'll be curious where that goes. And just to think about what, like, Black Panther, they've had some heavy hitters writing. Like, not traditional yeah. comic book writers, but right. Tanasi Coates into Ridley, yep. into Eve Ewing, who's a, I mean, uh, she's a sociology professor at University of Chicago. Yeah. Uh, well-respected, regarded in multiple fronts, and uh, also the creator of Ironheart. Um, That's true. So, you know, it's it's going to be a, a different look at uh, T'Challa or Shuri, depending on what direction it goes what or whatever. Um, <laughs> Could be a third one, depending on yeah. the end of Ridley's run, you know, according to her. Yeah, so we'll see where it goes, and I'm definitely definitely looking forward to that one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, speaking of comics, this week in your local comic book shop, you got Action Comics number 1051, All Out Avengers number 5, Amazing Spider-Man number 18, Batman One Bad Day, Catwoman. I was able to get myself an advanced copy of that, so I'll be reading that before Wednesday. Ooh, <laughs> fancy. Very fancy. Blue Beetle Graduation Day, number three. Book of Shadows, number three. Catwoman, number 51. Creep Show, number five. Darkwing Duck, number one. Yes. Give it up for Darkwing Duck. When there's Back trouble, the you call DW. Yeah. Uh, Detective Comics, number 1068. Gargoyles, number two. Harley Quinn, number 26. Human Target, number 11. The penultimate issue of Tom King's Human Target story. Justice Society of America, number two. Lazarus Planet, We Once Were Gods, number one. Lord of the Jungle, number three. Murder World, Wolverine, number one. I don't know what that means. Murder World? Is that like a Marvel thing that we know about? Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember either. Anyway, I thought it was worth noting. Anything called Murder World seems interesting. I don't know. Uh, we got Plush, Volume 3, 
Sandman Universe, Dead Boy Detectives, number two. Sins of Sinister, oh. number one. Oh, Steve, Murder World? Murder, Murder, World was, Murder World It was the whole arcade thing. Oh, was it the arcade Ar- thing? Okay, his, I thought of arcade. Yeah, that's his theme park is Murder World. I got it. Okay, so apparently Wolverine's are all coming back together. with arcade. Okay. Awesome. All right. Uh, Sins of Sinister, number one. I believe that's, that's a big. Uh, yeah. That's a big X Men thing. The I way think. they've been writing Mister Sinister these last couple, like since House of X, Powers of X, uh, for all the qualms of what's happened with the X Men and how writing has gone since Hickman's gone and whatever, uh, Sinister is still just <laughs> he's great. Awesome. All right. Yeah, I feel like I've been hearing about Sins of Sinister for a long time, and yeah. now it's finally happening. So we'll see how that goes. Get a load of the title of this next comic. I know nothing about what? it. <laughs> when you think it's over, it just keeps going. <laughs> Ready? Okay. Snow White. Zombie Apocalypse. Reign of the Blood-Covered King. Number zero. Okay. What? Snow White. Zombie Apocalypse. Reign of the Blood-Covered King. Number zero. That comes out this week. Your local comic book shop. Check it out. Uh, Star Wars, Dr. Aphra, number 28. Star Wars, Yoda, number 3. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Last Ronin, The Lost Years, number 1. I believe it's a prequel to the well-known, uh, well-received Last Ronin book. Uh, Thor, number 30. Tim Drake, Robin, number 5. Traveling to Mars, number 3. Vampirella Strike, number 9. And Zombicide, day 1, number 1. Whoa! whole crazy shit with my microphone just happened. Happens I best knocked respect. my pop screen down. Sorry about that, listeners at home. That's too uh, deafening. Apologies. So, uh, Steve, lots of cool stuff coming out this week. I yeah. bought some cool stuff last week, and I read it already. Ooh. Aren't I great? Um, what do you I got? got Batman, One Bad Day, Bane. Okay. I bought and read. Uh, I bought and read... Ooh, no, I oh, I got Nightwing 100. I haven't read Nightwing 100 yet. Sorry. I haven't read everything. Uh, Batman 131. That Chip Zdarsky run on Batman, I got to say, is great, mm-hmm. but very unexpected. Oh, like, yeah. No, it's it's pants on head, like nothing yeah. you would anticipate. Yeah. I mean, I haven't read his Daredevil run, but like what I've heard about it, it seems just like very much the character of Daredevil. I don't know. Like I expected it to be like a very street level mm-hmm gritty kind of Batman and it's like nope we're doing the Zuran Ra thing and we're doing other he's in like another universe oh yeah <laughs> it's like and like I feel like he's putting building blocks in place to tell a story that he wants to tell like it like sometimes when you read when a new, when a new writer takes over it seems like their first arc is just a way to get them to the where they story wanna that be. they really wanted to tell. Yeah, like you they had read, this idea, read? and then they're like, all right, how do I get from where we are, I'm kicking exactly. my mic too, to there. <laughs> it's like what uh, Eve Ewing was just saying about Black Panther. Like, okay, well, I have to deal with what Ridley is doing, mm-hmm. but I want to get to tell my story, so I have to like figure out a way to get there. I feel like that's what Chip Zdarsky is doing, and he wanted to get Batman to this place where he can tell his weird story. And he's there, and he's doing it, and it's very good, but it's just not what I expected at all. Right. Um, I also read... What did I get and I read? Oh, I finished... I finished another volume of John Ostrander's oh, Suicide nice. Squad, which is great. 
And uh, there was something else that I read that I don't remember, so I'm just going to throw it to you. You said you actually read some books this week, too. I did. What did you read, uh, Similarly, I uh, didn't have anything on my poll, but I was wandering around, uh, was able to find uh, a missing piece of my High Republic run that I needed. Nice. Um, did pick up Star Wars Revelations. I have not read that. Um, Dune House Harkonnen, we talked, or I think you had on the yep. list last week. Picked that oh, up just the, to see. Sorry, what I read was, uh, the next issue of Flash continuing the one minute war. Oh yeah, yep. Arc, which I, is, I really nice. like so far. It's only been two issues so far, but I think it's really good. They're doing a really good job. Anyway, okay, go ahead. Now, when if uh, I'm going to flash something up on the screen, if you saw this Ooh. cover, tell me what you would immediately think of. Okay. Uh, it kind of looks like something is killing the children a little bit. Yes. So this is a something is killing the children variant cover, uh, quote what? unquote parody cover. Of Children of the Black Sun, which is an, a Blaze book, oh. um, really, really intriguing. Like wow. I picked it up strictly because of the cover. Yeah. Like they grabbed me with that. Uh, the art is very uh, erratic, should I say? Okay. Um, it's it's an intriguing concept. So supposedly, oh, wow. what the whole premise is is um, twice before the sun has risen, not as a sun, but as a black sphere. Whoa. And Terrifying. it happened like four years apart, and the the children born, or it's either born or conceived on those days, uh, are known as the children of the black sun, and they have hmm. like different morphological characteristics. They're like Whoa. ashen skin and red eyes. Uh, and it's kind of setting up like something weird is going on there. So really? yeah, it, it's, I, I'd give it, it's, it's solid hooks. Wow. So next awesome. time I see, you, I'll toss you the book just to see how it goes. Yeah, but I might, that it, sounds great. it was good enough that I, I'm probably going to talk to Jesse and throw it on the poll. Oh, nice. Cool. Yeah. And then, uh, I, I have to, just because I know you will appreciate it. Uh, yeah. show you this gloriousness. Whoa, he's he's holding up uh, for those of you listening. He's holding up a a graded nine point four book. Whoa, signed, signed by Wedge. Signed by Dennis Lawson. Wow. Okay. So, so wait, Squadron, this is Star Wars X Wing. Yep, Rogue Squadron number one, which was the the first series that kind of continued Wedge. And for anyone who's been listening for a while, Wedge, like you you know, Wedge has been. Their wedges, Wedge like, Antilles. Wedge Antilles is my favorite Star Wars character of all time. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess I didn't know that. You're of all time? Yeah. I would, Wedge. I would say. Uh, and mostly because of the X-Wing books. Oh, okay. Uh, I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, no. a ton of them in the movies. Hey, but, he's okay. the only man to survive two Death Stars. So. Luke did not assault the second Death Star. He was on it, though. Uh, I feel like that's he's the semantic. only. He's the only. I feel like you got to tweak that sentence a little bit. He's yeah. the only man to survive assaulting two an Death Stars. Assault on two Death Stars. Yeah, yeah. an assault right. on two Death Stars. Yeah, because Biggs definitely didn't. Um, no, poor guy. Too soon. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Always too soon. <laughs> him and Porkins, man. But uh, oh, Jed Porkins. <laughs> but yeah, um, that was. Uh, in, Where did you get that at Funky Town? Yeah. Uh, so they got a crazy Star Wars collection in, and I had seen that on the shelf a couple times. I'm like, oh, graded book, like, cool. Like, I would love to have that, but I'm not going to. And then I saw it was signed, and I was like, I don't know if I can pass this up. I need that. Yeah, yeah. wow. 
So awesome. it's it's not often that I just impulse buy a like pure collectible. Yeah. But that was like that needs to happen. Wow. <laughs> there are I don't have I don't have things. any graded books like that. I should I don't know. Sometimes I think about sending mine to get graded, but I feel like it's really expensive and I don't really know how to do it and it's like a mystery. I yeah. Know, so I never do. We can we can talk offline about that because I think I've had okay. some, some talks with Jeff about that. So. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I should figure that out. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, shout out to Funky Town Comics. If, if you're listening and you're somebody that likes uh, Star Wars or Star Wars collectibles of many different kinds, they got a huge, huge huge yeah. uh, collection of Star Wars stuff in like, I would say 80%, 80 to 90% of the toys that they have currently uh, right. on shelves in Funky Town comics and vinyl right now are Star Wars action figures and Star Wars models, Star Wars statues. Like any Black Series figure just, you could possibly want? Yes, just so much. Um, so if you are a Star Wars collector, get yourself to Funky Town comics and toys even if you're not, even if you just want, yeah, you know, I want a if cool want Yoda action look figure. At it. Yeah. They got them. They um, probably have 12 of them. They also have a life-size Yoda sitting on the counter. Yes, that's true. Like Which I scale. believe is not for sale. No, but, but it's a two-scale Yoda sitting on the counter. I was like, yeah. okay, this is pretty great. Very awesome. Yep. Uh, they also Very have, awesome. um, I did notice uh, over on the wall, uh, they have, what is it, uh, Misfits, uh, some Grateful Dead Bertha action figures. Yeah. I was like, yep. they made those? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Tons you, of weird there's stuff. There's some yeah. weird stuff, and it's great. Yep. As always, shout out to Funky Town Comics and Vinyl um, for just being great. Uh, we got one one-shot for you tonight, and then we're going to probably wrap up by sharing our thoughts on uh, – my thoughts, I guess, on The Last of Us, because I just watched that. Steve talked about it last week. And the Bad Batch, which is uh, the Star Wars show, is currently on. Right, we haven't really talked about it too much, but our one one shot for this week is that Steven Spielberg himself. I've heard of him. A little no, little known director, <laughs> Steven Spielberg, uh, is currently producing a documentary on the one and only the man, the myth, the legend, John Williams, composer extraordinaire. It's very. It's in the very early stages right now. Not much info on it. Uh, just going to be covering the life and career of the 90-plus-something-year-old um, composer, John Williams. Yeah. Um, and reading this article, I didn't realize this. Williams, a year or a few years ago, stated that he was retiring from writing scores after Indiana Jones 5. Yep. Now we know that it's called Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. But apparently recently reversed that decision at a public dinner... That was being thrown in honor of him and his collaboration with Steven Spielberg. And he announced, he made a speech and he announced that he wasn't necessarily retiring and he wanted to keep working specifically with Steven Spielberg. So um, I guess it's not going to be his last score. Um, I mean, knock on wood, it's not going to be his last score, I guess. Yeah, he is officially um, 90. Yeah. Uh, wild. And um, it makes very much sense that Steven Spielberg would be producing this documentary. There's no director attached right now. And I don't know if Spielberg has ever done a documentary, but it would make sense if he wants to direct it also, because um, I didn't realize I didn't, <laughs> I knew this number was probably high, but I didn't realize how high it was. John Williams has scored all but five Steven Spielberg movies. Really? I don't know what five, but this article said he scored all but five of Steven Spielberg's movies. Huh. So that's, I mean, if you think think about it, what, like, 
Jaws, Williams. E.T., Williams. Jurassic Park, Williams. Like, all these, like, all the main, all the, all Indiana Jones movies, John Williams. Like, all these big things that you can think of that Steven Spielberg, like, Schindler's List, even, like, he's done, it's all John Williams stuff. So, there were only, apparently, two feature lengths uh, that, so, only two feature length films where John Williams has not scored the music for Spielberg. Uh, 1985 is The Color Purple. Okay. Uh, American Beauty, or no, uh, Bridge of Spies. The okay. So those are the only two feature lengths. Wow. So. Wild. So uh, Ready uh, Player cool. One was I'll watch also that. Uh, one. What did you just say? Ready Player One was also not scored by him. Hmm. Good call, Williams. That movie was a miss, I believe. Yeah, I would say so. The the um the book was good but yeah i've heard mixed about well both things really but yeah. anyway i'm down to watch a john williams documentary for sure whenever that comes out so stay tuned for that um and steve i don't know how long have we been going a long time do we have to like fill time or are we like kind of uh, right on track? we've been going an hour and a half hour and a half yeah man so much for calling oh. it a late week buddy I guess we did really take a lot of time up top. Um, so I guess I'll just say I watched The Last of Us and I loved it. I thought it was great. It filled me with dread uh, in the way that the game did. And it made me kind of remember like how great the game was and make me think, like, oh, this is pretty easy adaptation because the game was such a good story. All you have to do is like just do what the game did. Right. And you're telling a great story. Um, there were a couple of shots that were like directly out of the game that I, I had the, yeah. I had the, Leo, the Leo DiCaprio meme of like, ah! I saw that. Yeah. I know that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and there was a couple things where they they referenced the video game in a way that's very natural. They didn't do anything that's like out of character for like a series or a show to be doing. Yeah. Um, but like I was just telling my friend earlier today, like there's a scene at the end where Joel knocks a guy out and then takes his gun and walks away. It's just like. Oh yeah, that's how it works in video games. You kill a guy, you take their gun, you get a better gun, and mm-hmm. you walk away with it. Like that's what, and like that's a, it makes sense in that scene also. But also, it's like, oh yeah, that's a video game thing. You kill yeah. a guy, you take their gun. Point. 100%. Like that's like a perfect, like great way to like, yeah, this is a video game thing, but it also makes perfect sense for the story that you're telling. Um, and I love it. I haven't watched tonight's episode obviously because I'm doing this, but right. Um, um, so and then we also said we're gonna. So last sorry, week we. Ahead. Last week I had said, you know, right off the bat, like, this hits the same notes. And I, I by the sound of it, you would 100% agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, it, yeah. It, felt, it felt as good watching it as it did playing it. I agree. And Joel? Yeah, it made me remember, I, like, viscerally remembered yeah. <laughs> playing Moment. the game. And I haven't played the game in years, but, right. like, I was like, yep, I remember everything that's going to happen right now. And yeah, even painfully. through one episode, it, it does seem, I mean, they aged up Ellie a little with, uh, Bella Ramsey, but yeah. um, I through one just from initial impressions, it was like Pedro Pascal feels like Joel. Yeah, and hundred percent. Um, I Jesus, I wanted to say Robbie Reyes, uh, Diego Luna, <laughs> Gabriel U- Luna, Gabriel Luna, wrong, wrong Luna, Gabriel Luna, yeah. like feels just like how Tommy would. Uh, yep. Like they they yeah. really hit the casting, like Bella Ramsey as well with Ellie. Um, you know, they'll probably 
it's going to have to be modified slightly, but it it feels right. Yeah. And apparently they so Bella Ramsey asked if she should play the game when she was cast. Oh. And yeah. the producers explicitly told her no. Really? Yeah. So that she would be like she would get her line reads and be like you know be her own character. You, right. Yeah. And when you play through the game, like there's things that she's reacting to that are it, you need that visceral reaction. You don't need yeah. to yeah. like it's probably better for her that she doesn't know what's going to happen. Or yeah, not or, know the future of her character necessarily. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's interesting too, where I'm wondering where season one is going to end. Like, I can't imagine they're going to do the whole first game. Right. That'd be a lot. It seems like they would be just shooting themselves in the foot uh, for further seasons. Like, if if they're able to keep this quality, I feel like you'd want to like not pad it out, but at least make the first two seasons the first game or something. Right. At least. Um, and there's a lot of other places they could stop along the way. I'm sure. Um, I know we've promised a Bad Batch conversation, but if we're already at an hour and a half, I feel like maybe we should like just jump and we can talk about Bad Batch next week. Yeah, I mean, we could definitely we can definitely do that. Um, I mean, this week this week's Bad Batch was I don't want to say filler, but it was somewhat filler. Um, yeah, but it was great. I liked it still. It was entertaining. Yeah, last okay. week was the one that well, the first I mean, the first two the arc in the first two, and then last week's were like we should we should probably touch on them pretty pretty well yeah. when we get into a conversation. So Yeah, episode three was great. Yeah. Um but yeah, maybe I don't know, maybe we do like uh or when the like the when the finale comes, maybe we'll do like a season retrospective. Yeah. Or I mean if there's another episode that comes out like episode three that actually was just like that there's was that was the way conversation. Right. That was episode three was kind of felt the way that and like Star Wars animation at its best felt. Hundred percent, agree with you. Yeah. And it had nothing um, to do with the 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 main Bad Batch crew. Yeah, if you're not watching Bad Batch, um, I get it. I didn't love season one, but season two is uh, great, and the third episode of season two is one of the best animated Star Wars things I've ever seen, hands down. Oh, so we'll Last of Us stuff. The Sarah, the the way they portrayed the Sarah stuff. Oh, in Last of Us. Yeah, absolutely yeah. impeccable. Crushing, like she, just devastating. The, I was like, I was like, just get through it. Yeah. I know it's going to be awful, but like yeah. once we're on the other side of it, it's just going to be like normal post-apocalyptic zombie thing. I know. Just like get to that, and then it'll be like, it'll feel normal. Like you can deal with that. Yeah. You've seen that a million times. Just get through the thing that you know is going to be awful. It just it and it was sets awful. the tone for Joel's character so perfectly. Yeah. And it's how and the game it, starts. Like and it, you have to play through that in the game. Oh yeah. And, and they do a they do like the great hell. thing of the game did this too, really, but they do it great in the show. Where if you have not played the game, and again, spoiler, I guess if you haven't played the game, I give a, people a second to turn it off or skip ahead, I guess if they don't want the spoiler. But in the show, if you haven't played the game, you're watching the show. You think Sarah's the main character. Oh yeah. Yeah. She is not. <laughs> Very. Um, very Eddard Starkish of them. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to watch. I'll probably watch the second one tomorrow night. So I'm pumped. So. Same. My well, wife, cool. My I guess that's... will be a band. So actually, probably the same reason you're going to be watching it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So. All right. Um, that's all we got, and it's much more than we thought we had for you. I hope that you uh, didn't mind us uh, rambling for too long. Um, uh, and that's all I got. 
Yeah, I'd agree. Same here. Um, I would say if you're hanging out and still listening to us, please feel free to like, subscribe, leave a review. Uh, really helps us out. Um, if you want to get a hold of us, the at gmail.com, the multiversupport on socials. Uh, feel free to hit us up. We'll always be willing to talk back at you. And yeah. Heck yeah. Good here. Cool, cool. Uh, well, that's all I got. So until next time. Thanks for watching, thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the multiverse.